Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. We get in the Word of God and allow it to transform the way we think, the way we live, our attitudes, the way we treat other people, the way we look at God. Indeed, all of us need to keep growing, and central in that is allowing God to transform us from the inside out, which He does as His Holy Spirit takes the Word of God. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and applies it into our life. Amen? I'd like to talk today about our standing as priests before God. Did you know you're a priest? And I don't know what you think of when you think of priest. You know, usually you think of the vestments, the garments, the the trappings, the incense, the all the different things that set them apart and make them different for they are, they are to be holy to God. And when we think of a priest, we usually think of them, and then we think of laymen, people who aren't the priestly class. You've got the clergy, the priests, and you've got the rest of us. But did you know that that's not really biblically accurate? Now, in the Old Testament, there was a class of priests. In the New Testament, that priesthood extends to all believers in Jesus Christ. Let's look at, of all books where this would be taught, this is really taught clear, most clearly in the book of First Peter. Peter, of course, many, would, many who believe in a separate class of a priesthood would think of Peter as the original pope who created this priesthood. He did just the opposite. He, shall we say, tore down that Old Testament priesthood to say that we're all priests of God. The book of 1 Peter was written to all Christians. We read that in chapter 1. Didn't have the verse here, but in chapter 1, it says, to all who've been chosen of God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who this book is written to. And in chapter 2, he's talking, really he's talking about Jesus and how Jesus was rejected. The chief cornerstone had been rejected by the world, but then he works us in as, shall we say, being the living stone surrounding the chief cornerstone, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, the church being all the living stones, the, the church universal, and as it says here, that you and I are the priests. Let's look at it. First Peter chapter 2, and we'll start with verse 4. It says this, and coming to him, Jesus, as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. That's verses 4 and 5. Let's jump down now to verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Do you notice what it calls you here? It calls you a priest. It says in verse 4, Five, you're a priest who would offer up spiritual sacrifices. Verse 9, you're a priest who would proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of 
darkness into his marvelous light. These are our duties as priests. It's a high calling, my friend. You have a high calling from God. Do you think you're just a something or other? You People say, what do you do? You tell, usually tell them what your job is, and that's fine. And your job also is a calling from God that you should be faithful in. But you know, it would not be untrue if someone said to you, what do you do? And you say, I'm a priest. That would be true. That would be biblical to say you're a priest. Now, I've got to warn you, sometimes when you do that, that's kind of fun. I I have ridden on often on airplanes, you know, and, and often you strike up a conversation with the guy next to you. You ask him, you know, a little bit about him. What do you do? And he's telling you his life story, and he's telling you about his job and his family and all. And uh, then he'll say to me, what do you do? And I, I just say, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Or I'm a Christian minister or something. And you can see it's so fun because you can see suddenly there's a moment of uh, where his his mind is paralyzed, his body is paralyzed, his eyes are stopped, and you can tell he's rewinding the last few minutes of conversation to re- to think, what did he say? What did he tell me? Did he use bad language? Did he confess something? It's actually kind of fun to have to uh, talk that way. But you could do that. You could do that. If someone says to you, "What do you do?" You could say, "Well, you know, actually, I'm a priest." You say, well, wait a minute, I thought you were just a salesman. I thought you were just uh, working here. I thought you are you know, a, a, a uh, office guy or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do that too, and that's part of my calling. But my higher calling, I'm a priest of God. It's true, my friends. That's who you are. That's your identity. And you've got to believe that about yourself. What does it mean that you're a priest? Well, it means, again, let's look at some of these things. It means you're a a chosen race. You're you're part of God's people. You're a holy nation. You're a people for God's own possession. You belong to God. You've been bought with a price, a big price, the blood of Jesus Christ. You once weren't like that. You see, again, verse 10 is a, another good indication that this refers to all of us. This doesn't say the priests are those who have this unique calling Rather, it says the priests are those who are part of the, the, the chosen race, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, the people for God's own possession, the people who are called out of darkness into light, the people who once were not a people, who, who had not received mercy but now have, the people who once were not of God's people and now we are. That's who the priests are. That's you and that's me. You don't have to wear special garments because indeed you're clothed with robes of righteousness by Jesus Christ. You don't have to have them outwardly. In the eyes of God, he has has given you a new set of, shall we say, spiritual clothes, made you a new creature, robes of righteousness, it says, I believe in Isaiah. So that means, again, we have duties. And I want to call you to these duties today because with every privilege comes responsibility. And the privilege of being a priest is you can go directly to God. You can speak directly to God. You know, some some religious denominations have all kinds of mediators in between you and me. Excuse me, not you and me, you and you and God, excuse me. All kinds of mediators. You've got priests, you've got cardinals, you got a pope, you got Mary, you got saints. You got all these mediators, all these in between. And it's like, how do you work your way up to God? And yet it tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 
verses three and four, there's one God and one mediator also between God and men. It's the man, Christ Jesus. I think it's verse five, actually, I'm sorry. One God and one mediator, it's Jesus Christ. You're a priest. There's not a whole bunch of mediators between you and God. Now, this does not mean, by the way, you don't need the church. It doesn't mean you're to go off on your own, and more and more people are doing this, thinking, I've got my own personal relationship with God. I don't need the body of Christ. I don't need the church. I can just do my own thing because I'm a priest. And that's not what we're saying here. Maybe we'll talk about that side of things later this week. But for now, let's say this. You have the capacity to enter into the, the presence of God in your prayers because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't need to go through other mediators. What a privilege. But it does carry the responsibilities, as I said earlier, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Well, what are those spiritual sacrifices? In Hebrews 13, it says, we offer to God the fruit of our lips, which give praise to his name. And I I encourage you to be someone who doesn't just praise God silently in your heart, But give him the fruit of your lips, your mouth. Verbalize it. Say it out loud. Praise God verbally. It'll make a difference in your life. It really will. The more enthusiastic you are when you praise God, the more of a difference it'll make, by the way. I know a guy once, you know, he'd say, we ought to praise the Lord at all times, and something happened he didn't like, so praise the Lord, he'd say. No, that's not the way to do it. Say, praise the Lord. He's faithful. He'll work it out. He'll get me through. He'll do what needs to be done. Praise the Lord. Offer to God sacrifice of praise. Notice, a sacrifice means it's not easy. If it's easy, it's not a sacrifice. Sometimes to praise God requires faith, humility, acknowledging, I don't have it all together, but I trust God does. We praise God with the, the we, we honor as priests, we honor him with the fruit of our lips, which give praise to his name. We honor God with our body. We're told in Romans 12, verse 1, that we should offer to God, uh, 1 and 2, we should offer to God our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That's acceptable to God. Worship is not just when we sing songs in church. We worship God 24-7 as we offer to him our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. We worship God whenever we praise him, especially in those tough and difficult times. The second responsibility of a priest is that we we proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We share our testimony. We share how God has saved us. We share the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. You can do this with two types of people. You can do this with people who are already saved. It's encouraging for people to hear how you came to to eternal life, how you were once in darkness, had not received mercy, weren't one of the people of God, and now you are. That's always encouraging to know how people came in to be, be part of the family of God, the church of God, the body of Christ. But you know what else? You can proclaim that to unbelievers. You can tell them you you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be perfect at it. You don't even have to be eloquent. Sometimes the test of the simple story of, you know, I was lost and now I'm found. I was lost and now I'm found. I was like a lost sheep and now I've been found. God's given meaning and purpose to my life. I'm, I'm alive now. I once wasn't. 
I have a joy that I didn't have. I have a peace that I didn't have. Whatever it is in your case, the excellencies of the one who called you out of darkness in those marvelous light and talk about what he's done in your life. You can tell that to unbelievers. You don't have to be gifted at it. You don't have to be called at it. You don't have to be eloquent. In fact, sometimes it's the least eloquent. It's the ones who don't have all the verbal giftings that have the most power because it comes across as so sincere and so genuine. This is all all what we can do as priests. These are our duties. These are our responsibilities. You have a high calling, my friend. You're a priest of the living God. Think of that. Think of what that means. What a privilege that God has gifted you with and called you to be a priest of God. Amen. Father in heaven, we give you praise today. We thank you for this incredible calling upon our lives, that if you've saved us, we didn't even know it when we got saved. We didn't realize we were going to be priests. We didn't realize that you were going to give us such uh, privileges to come into your presence, to pray to you, to offer up sacrifices to you, to proclaim your excellencies. We didn't realize the privilege nor the responsibility. But now that we do, Father, help us to be faithful, faithful in fulfilling the duties that are assigned to us. We do them joyfully. This is not a drudgery. Father, I know that sometimes we, we're, we're afraid to, and yet whenever we fulfill these duties, it's so satisfying, so fulfilling, so enriching. Thank you for the way you bless us, and we're grateful for it. We give you this day, Father, to walk with you, to be the men and women you've called us to be, to be priests who will offer up spiritual sacrifices to you and proclaim your excellencies to all who will hear. We bless you and love you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Don't you love the Bible? I sure do. That's why we get into it every day. Isn't it great? I mean, really, the Bible is so practical, so alive, so realistic for us. We want to live by it. I'm glad for those of you who join me here every day. You may not realize it if you're new, but we come here every single day, 8.30 a.m. live, Eastern Time. We come here live, but you can watch anytime later in the day. You can even listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. But if you want to be part of our chat community, have people pray for you and so on, come here live and enter in. Be part of it. And join our community. Make make a commitment to be here. Don't just, not when you feel like it. Don't be a Christian just when you feel like it. Don't walk with God just when you feel like it. Spiritual maturity, we walk by faith, we make commitments. That's when we are propelled into spiritual growth, when we do it consistently. Amen? God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.